Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tom Kang. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. Involved. Hey, can we give our volunteers a big round of applause? So good. Teamwork makes the dream work, people. Welcome to Liquid Church. My name is Tom. I'm one of the pastors here, and I am so excited. And I'll tell you why. It's because last week, we had over 300 volunteers, 300 people sign up for the backstage tour. This is an all-access, behind-the-scenes look at all of our volunteer environments. I need you to think of it as a sort of sneak peek into how God is moving in this place and how you can actually get involved. See, last week, we had Pastor Tim and Pastor Mike up here, and they were sharing about all the different opportunities here at Liquid Family. Uh, but did you know that actually we have literally, as I speak right now, hundreds of volunteers all throughout, of our, all throughout our campuses uh, with even more opportunities for you to grab hold of. For instance, in the past several weeks, we've had over 200 people accept Jesus Christ into their lives. Uh, last week, we baptized our 1,000th person. And if you think about it, these are folks that need to you know, get involved into life groups and grow deeper in their faith. We need leaders for that. We need life group hosts for that. Uh, just the other day, as you may have heard, uh, we've had a team of volunteers return from a clean water trip in Nicaragua, and there are more teams scheduled to go in the future. So we need more and more people to get involved that way. See, you guys, these are just some of the ways that we can actually put our faith into action, which is why we're calling this series Involved. How can you get involved with what God is doing in our very midst? You know, I saw a pretty good example of this on my way into church today as one of our volunteers was putting up that big old liquid church uh, sign outside on the street. You know what I'm talking about? And, you know, in his heart, you know, I could just tell, like, the reason why he's doing that is he's basically saying to the whole world, you know something? This isn't just a hotel. Uh, for the next few hours, this is the house of God. Amen? Amen. And so here's the deal, guys. If you haven't signed up for the backstage tour yet, it's not too late. At the end of the service, we're going to be talking more about that. And here's the deal. You'll see three different options here, but you don't have to sign up for all three. We're just asking for one. It's one hour. Make sure you do that. We'll talk about that a little bit more at the end of the service. But for right now, I want to share a picture of what it actually means to get involved from a biblical perspective. I want to share with you a story that whether you're a believer or not, maybe this is your first First time in church ever, that's okay. You probably are somewhat familiar with this story. I'm talking about David and Goliath. In fact, right now there's a book that's trending on the New York Times bestseller list by one of my favorite thinkers, Malcolm Gladwell, who wrote a book called David and Goliath, right? And the subtitle is Underdogs, Misfits, and the Art of Battling Giants. It's a really fun read, but here's the deal. Whether it was Gladwell or maybe Sunday school flannel graph that first introduced you to these two people, David and Goliath, uh, everyone here knows that whenever those two names are mentioned together, all right, it is often understood as a metaphor of something small and insignificant 
battling and overcoming something mighty and massive, right? So what I want to do today is this. I want to I share with you the story of David and Goliath, um, not uh, from a Gladwell perspective, uh, maybe not even from flannel graphs, so to speak, but I want to share the same story from a different perspective. So would you do me this favor? Would you turn in your Bible to the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel. It's found on page 197. And here we see two particular camps. Uh, the Israelites, these are the chosen people of God versus their arch enemy, the Philistines. Okay, let's take a look here at verse three. It says this, the Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. So here's what I want to do here. I want a little picture time over here. I want to just draw this out because it's really important that you kind of picture this scene right here, okay? So we've got one hill, and on this one hill, it says, the Bible that we just read there says the Philistines, there was this like barbaric group of people were called the Philistines. They were on this one hill. And then there was this other hill, right? And in between them was this valley. And on that other hill, who was on the other hill? Help me out. The Israelites, exactly. The Israelites were the people of God, okay? So you've got the Philistines, this barbaric warriors, okay? They're on one hill, and the Israelites are on another, and in between them is this valley. Verse 4 says this. We're introduced to a new character here. A champion named, what's his name? Goliath came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. I don't know your idea of uh, he Hebraic uh, measurements or anything like that, but if you look in your footnote there, you'll notice that it says that six cubits and, and, and a span there is equal to uh, about nine feet nine inches, okay? This guy named Goliath was about 10 feet tall. Verse five says that he had a bronze helmet. He wore a scale of armor. Verse seven says that he had a spear shaft and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. Now, I don't know what a shekel is, okay? But it sounds pretty big, all right? So I'm gonna just draw his little spear here, his little javelin. He's got all this equipment, all this battle armor. Verse eight, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will be our subjects and serve us. Ding, ding. It is on, okay? This is happening. See, Whenever you have a David versus Goliath type scenario, whether we're talking about battle or whether we're talking about the world of sports even, everyone loves to hype up the numbers of the champion. You know what I'm talking about? It's like the first questions that go through your mind is, okay, how many wins versus losses? What's that guy's shooting percentage? How many knockouts? How many MVPs? How many championship rings, right? The Bible writers were very similar. And in this corner, reigning from the southern camp, the frantic, gigantic, the doom of gloom, the tower of power, Goliath, right? And then they start talking about his numbers, right? I mean, we see clearly that it actually makes a point to say that he was six cubits tall, right? We said that that was about 10 feet tall. It, it then goes on to give a lengthy description about these six 
pieces of armor, right? He had like this, uh, the coat of armor, a spear, a javelin, a shield, all this stuff. And then it even talks, it, it mentions this one detail about how one of the pieces of armor weighed actually 600 shekels, okay? Did you see that there? Now, now you need to understand, if you look in your, in your footnotes there even, right? You don't need to be a Bible scholar. You'll see that 600 shekels actually weighs 15 pounds. This is a 15-pound iron dumbbell, okay? The tip of Goliath's spear alone, just the very tip of it, weighed 15 pounds, a 15-pound piece of armor. That was the tip. That's just the tip of it. Goliath was a beast, okay? And everyone, everyone could see this. But do you know what else a Middle Eastern mind would have seen? See, for the Hebrew, numbers are always more than numbers. They are also symbols of a deeper reality. For instance, in Hebraic thinking, okay, the number seven represents divine completion. The Lord rested on the seventh day, exactly. Uh, the number five symbolized the Torah, the first five books of the Hebrew Bible. So we got seven, we got five, and what is number six? Anyone know what number six represents? Okay. See, if you're a good Hebrew, you knew exactly what it represented. It represents the, the sin of man. It represents Satan himself, the devil, our enemy. And so the Hebrew, the Hebrew would understand this. They would look at this description of Goliath, okay? And they would see all these things pop out. And the thing that pops out to them is, okay, this guy, Goliath, he's six cubits tall. He has six pieces of armor. He's ready to go to battle. Six, 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 six. This is something that would absolutely pop out, pop off the page to the Hebrew eye. And this is where I want to be especially clear and very careful, because I am not talking about some sort of mystical numerology here, okay? We are not talking about, uh, about some sort of hippy-dippy, beautiful mind, zodiac way of determining the end days, okay? We're not, that's not what I'm talking about here. But I am simply saying that from the Middle Eastern perspective, to see the numbers 666, the number of the beast, actually embedded in the very description, uh, think about this now, of a larger-than-life, monster-like enemy of the people of God. Well, to see that describing that kind of a monster-like enemy, even a Hebrew child would have gotten the picture. Goliath represents an anti-lord. Or as believers today would say, Goliath represents an anti-Christ, an accuser who is opposed to God and the people of God. In fact, did you know that every morning for 40 days, Goliath would stand out there and he would ridicule God and the people of God. Uh, look with me at verse 10 here. It says, then the Philistine said, this day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. See, guys, this is satanic trash talk, okay? Uh, Goliath is saying, I defy your God. I defy you. Come at me with your best. I will squash you. I will kill you. You are nothing. 
Enter David. Just a little boy at the time. See, but the magic of David is that regardless of his youth and his lack of size and his lack of experience, he got involved. He wanted to get into the game. In fact, David is a giant slayer because of three main reasons. Number one, he had the heart of a warrior. I see some of you guys taking notes. Heart of a warrior. See, that's one thing that all giant killers have. They have a zeal for God. They, they burn with a holy passion. And when they see satanic powers standing against the armies of the living God, their heart compels them towards action. These are the type of people that just cannot sit still. They can't sit idly by. They can't sit on their hands. They have to do something. They have to get involved. And so you know what? When David arrives at the battle scene and he hears this giant buffoon, you know, mocking God and the people of God, this little runt, this little shepherd boy, do you know what he does? Do you know what the first thing he says is? He has to blurt out, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That's a dig, okay? <laughs> who is this guy that he should defy the armies of the living God? See, regardless of his size or the enemy's size, David has the heart of a warrior. He has to participate. He cannot spectate. He has to get involved. And David said to King Saul, let no one lose what? Heart. Don't let anyone lose heart on the count of this buffoon, okay? Your what? Your servant will go out and fight him. And guys, this is the second characteristic of all giant slayers. Number two, they have the humility of a servant. The humility of a servant. See, guys, you need to understand this. God rarely promotes those who are powerful and strong and out for their own glory. As a matter of fact, God does not promote those people. As a matter of fact, what we see in the, throughout scriptures, throughout the history of scripture, is that God looks to and fro throughout the whole world, looking, seeking, trying to find people who are willing to get involved behind the scenes. You need to know, that is exactly what David has done all of his young life. When, when David raises his hand and says, put me in, coach, put me in, okay, did you notice what King Saul, who is supposed to be the leader, the strong and brave one, you know what King Saul says? Check this out. Verse 33, he says, <laughs> that's cute, David. That's really cute. Uh, but you're not able to go against the Philistines and fight him? Come on. I mean, that's adorable, but you are only a boy. And he's been fighting his whole life. Verse 34, but David said to Saul, you're what? Your servant. Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, your servant, there's that word again, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine, he liked using that. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defiled the armies of God. He has defied them. And verse 37, you just got to love this, right? Uh, what is Saul, this King Saul, what does he say to this little runt? Oh yeah, God bless you. I'll, I'll pray for you. Right? I mean, just, can't you just imagine this happening? I mean, if you were a fly on the wall, you'd be like, oh, this is going to get ugly. But I have to watch, right? That, that's kind of the mentality. So look what happens in verse 40. Then David chose, what did he choose? He chose 
Five smooth stones from the stream. And with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Question, what is the significance of number five? We talked about it just a second ago. What, what's the significance? See, exactly. As a child, I thought that, okay, David chose five pieces of stone here, right, in case he missed, right? And so he's got some backup. That's why he actually picked up five smooth stones. But the Bible describes David as a man after God's own heart. And in fact, David was described as someone who actually hid God's word in his heart. And remember now, at the time, at the time when this is happening, uh, the, the, the God's word, the Bible, was not the 66 books that you and I enjoy today. It was not the Old Testament and the New Testament and the conglomeration of 66 books. No, as a matter of fact, during this time, David's Bible only had the Torah or the law or what they called the Pentateuch. And does anyone want to take a guess at how many books the Pentateuch had? Five, exactly. Five books of the law in the Hebrew Bible. See, guys, David was a man of God's word. He loved God's word. He prayed God's word. He was absolutely a man of God's word. He trusted God's word above all else. In other words, what he was saying is this. You know what, Goliath? You think you're so big and bad, okay? You think you come at me with the satanic powers and all this 666 stuff? But you know what? I come at you with God's furious five, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's what he's saying there. And see, guys, this is really the final and third quality of a giant killer for those of you taking notes, and that is this, number three. It's to have your hope or your confidence in God's word, not man's muscle. It's to have your hope and confidence in God's word. Verse 45 says, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you. You come against me with man's muscle, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Guys, this is 100% confidence, not in man's muscle, but in the power of God's word in his spirit. And watch how this fight unfolds. I love this. Look at verse 48. As Goliath moved closer, as this big behemoth, this 10-foot guy about, as he moves forward, Goliath moved forward to attack him. David ran quickly. Where did it No, toward the battle line to meet him. You gotta love this little run, okay? Verse 49. Reaching into his bag, okay, and taking out his stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. Bam! Kill shot. Right to the head. Just one stone. And you know something? The Hebrew reader would have never missed that last detail. What is that last detail there? Check it out. When a rock comes whizzing by and is about to hit you in the head, bam! which way do you actually fall? A rock is coming and it hits you in the head. Which way would you actually fall? Backwards. Physics tells us we would fall backwards. But the stone symbolizing the word of God made Goliath fall which way? Face down. This is a posture of submission. It is a posture of worship towards the hill where the people of God stood and where God himself, God himself resided. Do, do you understand that? See, guys, that's the power of a smooth stone in the hands of a living God. Now, I do not know 
what giants you are facing today. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your health. Maybe, maybe it's your family. But, but let me ask you this, guys. Do you realize that, that or do you actually, do you rely on the strength of the Lord? Or are you fear, fearful uh, uh, against your enemy and, and how he mocks you and the ways of the world and the lies that you're fed daily? See, you can personalize this any which way you want because it applies to every single person in this room right now. My question is this. What kind of giant are you facing today, right now? Because let me tell you something. When you look at this picture, what you basically see is a clash between the people of God and the ways of this world. That's what you see. You see a clash. They're, They're at each other's heads right there. It's a clash between living for myself, it's all about me, 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 and the ways that the world tells me I'm supposed to live, and and who I'm after, or getting actively involved in the ways of God and his plan for your life. And guess what? This happens every single Sunday here at Liquid Church, okay? Because let me tell you something. For instance, there's not a week that goes by. Honestly, there's not a week that goes by where I am not thankful to God for our roadie volunteers. Can we just actually thank God for them, our roadie volunteers? Okay? You need to know that these are men and women. These are men and women who literally wake up at all ungodly hours of Sunday morning. I'm talking about 5 and 6 a.m. And they transform empty ballrooms, empty auditoriums into places of worship so that literally thousands of people throughout New Jersey can come and worship God throughout the day. And then do you know what they do? After all the services are done, after the last person leaves... These roadies, these men and women, these servants of God, these people that get involved, they pack it all up, store it away with a smile, and they're ready for the next Sunday. They're incredible. Now, you need to know, not a single one of these volunteers gets paid. No way. They they don't get paid. They don't see their name in lights. They don't see their faces on the cover of magazines or newspapers or anything like that. So why? Why on earth would they do that? I mean, the world looks at their sacrifice. The world looks at what they do, and they're like, are you crazy? What's wrong with you? Isn't this your one day off? Why would you even do that? But you ask any single roadie, and they will tell you to your face. They do it because they believe and that they understand that faith without actions is what? Dead. They understand that. Faith without actions is dead. You don't just go to church and say that you believe and then just do nothing. See, they have the heart of a warrior. They have the humility of servants. They have ultimate hope, confidence in the word of God. They cannot stand the idea of a world that doesn't have the message of God's love and mercy going out all over the place. Amen. And that's just a tiny example of what happens here every single Sunday. And so, guys, today, across all of our liquid campuses, we're celebrating some smooth stones. I'm talking about giant killers in our midst. 
See, every week our volunteers take on giants against the advancement of Christ's church. And some of them, some of them actually took a backstage tour last year. And today, today, they're on the front lines. We're going to be talking about a couple of them, okay? Some of them teach God's word in, in life groups and in life classes. Others are on the front lines fighting for couples in their marriage mentoring programs. Uh, many of you won't even see them. You will never see some of these volunteers. Why? You will never see them on stage because they're behind stage right now as we speak. They're the ones that fix up all these lights, cameras, and actions, all the slides and all the videos and all that stuff, okay? Others, others figure out ways, how do we get the gospel behind enemy lines into the internet? How do we do that? Others still, still others like Jamie, they come during the week. They come during the week to the Liquid Church office and they make sure that we've got the programs ready to go. They're all printed. We've got all the materials that we need for the next Sunday. See, in fact, I just have to call this out. Okay, let me, let me just call this out here. You need to know that one of the most difficult things for me this week was to actually decide who is going to actually win this award? This, who's going to be the, the, the volunteer that we actually celebrate? Because you need to know that there are literally hundreds, hundreds, literally hundreds of volunteers, giant slayers who are worthy of an award 100%. But today, in this service, we only have time and space to recognize and honor one. In fact, we're going to do for one what we wish that we could do for all. And so in just a few seconds here, as your campus pastor comes forward to present the Smooth Stone Award, I want you to feel free to cheer and to celebrate this special volunteer because this is someone who's gotten involved with the works of God. They are giant slayers. They are giant slayers in our very midst. In fact, I want to do this. Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. I want to pray for all of our volunteers right now. I want to thank God for all of our volunteers for just a second. Would you join me in prayer here for a second? Father God, I come before you, Lord, and I just, I recognize that I am in the midst of some amazing people, Lord, some amazing people who sacrifice time and effort, Lord, time and treasure for your kingdom, Lord. And I just want to thank, I'm on holy ground because of that, Lord. And right now, I just pray, Father, that people would hear my heart and that they would know, gosh, that in, in a church of hundreds of volunteers that we could celebrate, as we celebrate this one, I pray, Father, that your glory your pleasure, your smile, and your blessing would fall upon every single volunteer we have in this church. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. 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 With that in mind, I want you to put your hands together for our 2014 Smooth Stone Award winners, Matt and Ryan Johnson. Come on up here, guys. Come on up. My goodness gracious. Come on up, my man going on? Come on up, come on. All right, I, gotta, I, gotta, I want to brag about these guys a little bit because I, I want to be the first to tell you, okay? Uh, you know, when I first told these two that, you know, we were going to celebrate them as, you know, volunteers and all that, your first reactions, I don't know if you remember, it was just like, no, 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 there's so many other volunteers. We got like guest connections. We got Robbie on guest connections that everyone sees. I think we got a slide of Robbie in there. I want to pop that up. Hey, can we thank Robbie? Robbie, that's you, buddy. I see you back there, Robbie. 
I tell you, you know, we got volunteers like Robbie. We got volunteers all over the place, and they're like, why? why? How could you even do this? We can't possibly. But here's the deal. Like, that's, that's the humble heart I'm talking about right there, okay? I know that you guys don't even want this award, but I have to give it to you, okay? I'm just giving it to you because I want all of us to learn and be a blessing. Come on even closer to the, come on over here. They're like trying to get off stage as we speak, all right? Now, you need to know, Ryan is our spiritual care team coordinator, administrator, basically like uh, all-star super leader or something like that. Um, she takes care. She's on the front lines, guys. She is on the front lines. And I tell you what, this week alone, we had four, literally four emergencies. It was like one every other day, right? I don't have the time and space to go into every single one of them, uh, but she is on the front lines. She's the first person. You, you, put, you, you deploy the troops, and you tell us who to pray for and how to pray and all that. She mobilizes them, and she is an amazing, amazing servant leader. Uh, you actually served as our baptism candidate liaison a couple of weeks as well. Uh, and she's a life group leader. And my, my heart is just so thankful for you, Ryan. And um, Matt, uh, you're not so bad either. Um, you bring some things to the table. Uh, Matt over here, you got to know, Matt is one of the studs I was talking about. He is an AM roadie, okay? It's because of him that all this stuff that you see up here and the amazing team of roadie volunteers, uh, you come and you, I, I say this all the time, you literally set the stage for God to do his thing. Now, God doesn't need anybody to set his stage, but he chooses and he wants to do that through his people. And that's what he does through Matt every single week. And Matt, I should actually call you Major Matt because Matt uh, serves in the United States Army. And here's the thing. So he's in the army, he serves as a roadie, he serves as a baptism candidate liaison, serves as a life group leader, all this stuff. And you know, I, I just wanna share this. You guys obviously know this because we, we did this together, but I wanna share with our church here. We had dinner together last week, our families. You remember that? We got together at Meg Brooks's house, and uh, Meg Freeman actually. <laughs> and uh, we had dinner together with our baptism team and we just had a good old time. And I just wanna share this uh, uh, just as a heart of a pastor. I am so stinking encouraged by you guys. It's almost like I'm so encouraged, I'm discouraged because I'm just like, man, they're just a lot godlier than me. Like, what is going on? Because you guys give 100%. You give 100% to your country. You give 100% to your God. You have all the excuse in the world not to get involved. You got kids running around. You got just all this stuff, all this responsibility. And they give 100%. Every single week, guys, our church is built on the backs of people like these and on the blood of Christ. Amen? Amen. So it is with that in mind, I want to award our Smooth Stone Award for 2014 for Morristown Campus. This is kind of heavy. I don't know if you can handle this, Matt. Uh, to the Johnson family. Can we give them a big round of applause? Now listen, listen. They are not alone. As I said, they represent, they are one of many people. So I'm going to do this. Before I let you guys go, as you stand here, I'm going to ask every single volunteer in this place, if you can hear my voice and you are a volunteer in any capacity, maybe you're like Jamie and you come into the office during the week and you help fold programs and you make things happen. Maybe you're in Liquid Family. Maybe you're on the worship band. Maybe you're on the guest connections team. Wherever you are, whatever you do, if you are a volunteer, maybe you served at an 
outreach, life group, whatever. If you are a volunteer, please stand right now. We need to honor you. We need to thank you. Come on, just stand up. I know you don't like doing this. I get that, okay? I get that. Praise God for you. Praise God for each of you. Each of you guys. Let's pray right now. Stay standing. Let me pray right now. Father God, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you from, from the Robbies to the Johnsons, Lord, and everyone in between, God. Lord, we love you. We do it for you. These, every single person, when they serve, when they get involved, they make a decision. They can either serve or do a million other things, God. And I don't know, somehow, some way, you move through these people and you compel them to, you know what, put it all down and serve you. And I'm just so encouraged. I'm so blessed by that, God. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I pray that you would bless every person that's standing and their entire household for what you do in and through them. Lord, thank you so much for blessing me and every single person here through them and through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Hey, can we thank them as they make their way down? Thanks, buddy. Now, guys, oh, man, I love this. I tell you what, as I shared earlier, we've had over 300 folks at all of our campuses so far. They've said, you know what? Sign me up for that backstage tour. Let me see what this is all about. Let me, let me, give, it a, let me give it a twirl here, okay? I want to get involved. And, and, and if that's you, that is awesome. That is amazing. My hope and prayer is that one day, next year, this time, my prayer is that if you take that backstage tour, next year, you're standing right up here getting stoned, okay? I just... I mean, you know what I mean. You that came out wrong. That, gosh. Okay. Listen. Okay. So, all right. Rewind. Edit that. Fill out your card. Okay. Fill out your card. Uh, we're going to have ushers come in just a few minutes. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to have ushers come in just a few minutes, okay? And they're going to receive these cards. But before they do, one last thing. One last thing that I want to share with you. This is actually amazing. This is kind of neat, Okay. Here's the deal. Have you ever wondered how a little boy like David actually even wound up in the game in the first place? How did he get involved in the first place? I mean, his older brothers are out to war. They're doing their thing. And his father said to him, David was just like taking care of the sheep, cleaning barns. But one day his father says to him, come over here. I need you to run an errand for me, okay? Verse 17 says, take these 10 loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these 10 cheeses to the commander of their unit. In other words, David was on the battlefield understand this now. Let's just pause here for a second. David was on the battlefield filled with warriors because he was delivering snacks. <laughs> snacks to the big boys. He was on the battlefield because he was delivering some cheese and crackers. Guys, don't miss this. Okay, don't miss this. Before David ever took up a stone, to slay a giant, he delivered snacks, cheese, and crackers, okay? Guys, I just, I don't even know how to emphasize this enough. In the process of doing something seemingly small, just a, a stupid task, a small little thing, David walked into his divine destiny. Do you understand that? By doing a simple, small little thing, God used that to have him walk into his destiny. In fact, later on, did you know that David actually became king of God's people? Guys, that's what getting involved 
with the works of God does. It places you in situations and areas that you would never have imagined of otherwise. And for David, it all started with cheese and crackers to soldiers. And let me tell you something. For some of you, it will start because you fill little Dixie cups with goldfish and give them to children in liquid families. I guarantee you. See, that's how God works. That's his economy of raising up leaders. James 4.10 puts it this way. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Nothing is insignificant. In God's mission to push back the enemy and advance his kingdom, there are no small roles. Every act of service is crucial and it is noticed by the king, even handing out cheese and crackers. Which is why I cannot wait, I cannot wait to see how God lifts up some of you over the next year as you get involved. I honestly believe that God will use the experience of you getting involved to raise yourself up and and use you in life-changing ways you cannot even imagine right now the second you decide to get involved. You see, I, I know that for our little campus here, just speaking personally, this actually hits home for us in Morristown in a special and very precious way this week. Because for those of you who may not know, our brother, my friend, and actually one heck of a volunteer, David O'Dell, or Digger, as many of us know him, He actually went to be away with the Lord earlier this week after spending 34 days in the Morristown ICU. And you know what? I got to spend some time with Digger's family, especially with Angie, his wife, who's here with us now. And uh, can I just say, I will not soon forget how Angie was just sharing with me. You know, Pastor Tom, Tigger loved serving. She, she was saying this out of joy in her heart. My, my Digger, he just, he loves, it was the highlight of his week. Boy, you just couldn't stop him. And, and those of you who know Digger, you know this to be true. If you, if you ever received a name tag from that man, if you ever got your parking ticket validated from him, you know he had the joy of the Lord in him. I mean, every Sunday, he'd be at the top of those stairs there, right? He'd be doing his thing, you know, validating tickets, writing name tags, making new guests feel like old friends. And Digger just, he just loved to serve. He just loved to get involved with the things of God. Well, wouldn't you know it? On the same day that Digger met his Lord face to face, on the same day that he faced his creator, in the same exact building in the same exact hospital just a few floors up we had two other liquid church morristown volunteers my friends mike and his lovely bride jamie giving birth to their precious first child little avalay look at this picture isn't that amazing 
Just think about this. On the same day, this is so powerful, right? On the same day, in the same hospital, same volunteers at the same church, serving the same God, the author of both life and death, the author and perfecter of our faith. And something about that whole sequence is so amazingly beautiful and heartwarming, isn't it? But you know what I discovered as I talked with Angie? And as I talked with, with Mike, the, the, the father of this new baby girl, he, here's what I discovered as I was chatting with both of them this past week. I learned that on several Sundays, when Digger was out there, just like a month ago, when Digger was out there doing his thing, getting involved, writing name tags, you know, validating tickets, I learned that when the Vitals would come up to service, Okay, and, and you know, Jamie's all prego. She's got the baby bump there, okay? When they, when they got to the top of the stairs, Digger would have three name tags ready to go. Here you go, Mike. Here you go, Jamie. And this one's for Avalay. Just think about that, guys. A, a smile and a name tag. A smile and a name tag. Just small things, man. Tiny things. Insignificant things, so to speak, right? But you know something? Do you know what Mike shared with me? The daddy, do you know what he shared with me the other day? He, he shared that how that tiny act of service from Digger every single week, that little bit of uh, faith in action every Sunday, that little bit of involvement, the, the seconds that that took, he was sharing with me this past week how that left such an impression upon him and his wife, Jamie. It was a reminder, he said, that God loves us, that he cares for us, and that he knows us by name. <laughs> Guys, so I got to ask you, would you be willing to do something so small, so tiny, so insignificant, and slay some giants? I mean, if that's you, would you, would you go ahead and, and take a second and fill out this card and join a backstage tour so that you can find out where is your place? What team can you join and slay some giants together in Jesus' name? Amen? Amen. Let's do this. I'm going to have everyone here stand, and I'm going to call the ushers forward. You can come on forward with your popcorn buckets, and after I pray, they're going to pass those buckets around. You just drop this card in there, and we're going to sing one last song together. So as they come forward, let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are a good and amazing God, and I thank you. I thank you for Digger. I thank you that he is in heaven right now as we speak, and he is worshiping you. I thank you that just the small investment of his time and efforts here has multiple impact all over the place. That is an amazing thing. I thank you for Matt and Ryan Johnson, Lord, who could be doing a thousand other things. Matt, who serves in literally the army of the United States, he also serves in the army of God. Lord, they have a thousand excuses not to serve, yet every day they decide to serve you. I thank you, Lord, for men and women just like them represented on this campus. And I pray that you would raise up more people to serve you, to take little steps of faith and help us to walk in to our divine destiny. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. amen. 
Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.